0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word.
1: Uh, just a showing of hands, how many of you like to run? Okay. How many of you like to think about running? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a big difference, you know. I, how many of you used to like to run? Okay. Yeah. It's the same here. I, I used to like to run. Now I like to, like, kind of do a fast walk, you know. And I just, I blame it on my joints and all that, and it's, it's just really, you know, it's the nature. You know, this Christian life that we live and that we're in, as followers of Jesus Christ in the, in the New Testament, there's lots of different uh, pictures that are given to what the, what the race, what, what, the, what the Christian journey is. In one area, it talks about fight the good fight of faith. We've been talking a lot about that. But in other areas, the Apostle Paul says this, and then, and then, and then the writer of Hebrews, which we're not sure who it is, we think it's, a lot of people think it was Paul, but we're not sure, uses this picture of running a race. As our is our with our walk with God, that our walk with God is like running a race, and when you run you get you know you get tired and you can get exhausted, you can get muscle cramps, you can get shin splints, you can fall over, um, but the idea of the purpose of running a race is to what is to win is to be able to finish the race and there 's this very important piece of advice that is given to us and and i haven 't been serving the Lord all that long i 've been I said yes to Jesus, to, to follow him, I don't know, close to 15, 17 years ago, but, but I've learned over this short season, many of you have been serving the Lord longer than I have, but I began to realize that what we're gonna read in this passage is so important, and if I could learn to apply this at an everyday place, and I think for us as a, as in this service, for us as, as Christians, if we could learn to take this truth and apply it to our lives as we run the race of faith, as we run the the race of of, of being followers of Jesus Christ. I believe that we will finish well. Showing of hands here, how many of you just want to finish well? You want to see Jesus and you want to finish well. Amen. I heard a statistic once when I was in Bible school uh, that 70% of all ministers and people in the ministry don't finish. 70%. I don't know if that statistic has changed, I don't know if it's gotten bigger or smaller. Unfortunately, the way things are going, it doesn't seem like it's getting less. And I remember being a young man of, uh, I think at that time I was 17, eight years old, I remember hearing that statistic. I went back to my dorm room. I got on my face before God. And I said, Lord, do whatever it takes in my life so that I could finish well. Because, Lord, I don't want to start something if I, don't like, if I, don't want to, if I can't finish it. I mean, you're like that. You don't want to start it if you know you can't finish it. Nobody starts off to say, I'm going to quit. But I would say that the statistic of ministers probably is there's there's a lot of people who started off in the Lord, but they didn't finish. Maybe you can think through your life. You can think through your family members or friends. You say, yeah, they used to go to church. Yeah, they, they went to a KWA when they were kids, but now they're not in KWA. They're in something else WA, you know. They're in the world. Somewhere along the way, they fell off of the race. Somewhere along the journey, something happened and they they stopped running. They took their running shoes, they hung them up, and they left. And they said, "That race is too much for me. If it requires that, I don't want it." Some people quit running because they got tired. They said, I can't, it's too difficult to follow the Lord. Which, by the way, that's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lot more difficult to follow the devil. I'll tell you right now, okay? Serving Jesus is easier than serving the world. The world wears you down and will spit you out. But Jesus will build you up and take you from glory to glory and strength to strength. Amen? He's a friend. He's a wonderful God, faithful. Are there difficult times? Yes, there are, but oh. In God, it always gets better. I love in the Old Testament it says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. In Jesus, it's always getting better. One of, my, one, of my, one of my family members used to always sign on the email. Back in the day, it was before email. This is this old school thing that some of us may remember, actually pen and paper letters, you know. And my, that family member would write, keep looking up, keep looking up. And so some Christians, we can falter, we can fall along the way. Maybe you're here today and you've taken off your running shoes or you've been tempted to take off the running shoes or you get concerned about being able to finish well one of the what I love about the book of proverbs it says though the righteous man falls 7 times he gets right back up again i want to look at the key to running well and the key to running well is very clear very common passage and we're going to go through three quick points and we're going to pray hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says therefore we are surrounded by a, such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run. Can we say run? run? With perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Keep that up there. Real quickly, this is, this is a picture of a race. It's, imagine, you know, 20 long. Well, the other day I, I pulled up a news article because the Olympics were, were potentially gonna be in Chicago in 2016. How many of you guys remember that? Some of you, yeah. So I, I was looking at some of the, down in Jackson Park and on the south side and some areas around Chicago, they were gonna be building the, the stadiums. They were gonna build a stadium. Uh, We're going to house 80,000 people by the lakefront to be able to watch the Olympics in Chicago, and I was just imagining that. And this is, imagine an Olympic stadium, imagine what we're going to see in in the Olympics in a couple of weeks, where people are going to be running, and you've got thousands of people in a stadium surrounding them, cheering them out, (sighs) you know, this idea. This is the picture here, that we're running this race with God, we're running this race of faith, we're running this race of Christianity, and brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by those who have gone ahead of us. There are, there, are, there are the Christians, the saints who have gone ahead of us, and they are cheering us on. And then it says, throw off everything that hinders, the sin that is entangled. It's, and we're not going to talk a lot about this, but the whole idea, you don't go out and run, run a marathon in a snowsuit. You know That's not a good idea. I remember in high school, uh, any, by the way, any wrestlers in here used to wrestle in high school, like the Greco-Roman thing, not WWF, okay, you know, anybody? Nobody, no wrestlers. One, come on, let's give it up for the wrestler in the back. the brother. He's there. If you, were, if you guys were in Minnesota, there would be a lot of wrestlers. Wrestling's really big in Minnesota. But even I remember seeing the wrestlers in high school. They would wear, because they had to lose weight. They had to lose body weight to, to compete. So they would be wearing jackets and plastic. And they would be 105 degrees outside. And they'd be just having all this. I'm like, that looks so miserable. It's like the only, the only reason you do that is to lose weight. But typically, if you're going to really try to run to win, run to finish, You take everything off that's going to entangle you. And sometimes when when it comes to this race of faith, things get on us and God's got to give us the grace to take those things off, amen? Now, here's what it says. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's read those five words together. One, two, three. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's do that one more time. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. So this here is the key to running the Christian race well. We need to learn to run with vision. Running with vision. And that's that's the title of this message today that I want us to pray, and I want us to believe that God is going to help us to run with vision. Run with the right kind of vision. Because there's a certain type of vision as followers of Jesus Christ that we need to have. The first thing when we run with vision is that we need to learn to look to Jesus, not to the past. We need to look to Jesus, not to the past. I think many times the biggest challenge that we can face when it comes to running this race well is we're doing well in the Lord and we can look backwards. And the whole idea is if you've ever ran in track or something, they say, don't look back because you look back, you slow down. And actually, if you look back, you can't see what's coming ahead of you. The past is one of those things that sometimes you're running well and the past seems to just sneak up on you and just body slam you. And you think, man, I've been serving the Lord, but these things that have taken place that I've done in the past or have been done to me, man, they seem so hard. And okay, you know what? I should stop and I, should, I, need, I need to go focus on the past because you know what? If I, if I don't deal with the past, I can't move forward. And there's an element of that. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all, can we say all? All, all unrighteousness. So if we confess the past to the Lord and we say, Jesus I I, I ask forgiveness. I confess these things that have happened in the past. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus then comes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All, A-L-L, not some, not 70%, not 80%, 100% of our past is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ when we bring it to him. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Okay. So sometimes we can believe it, but we're still looking at it. And... The Bible says that to run the race before us, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We can't be looking at Jesus and looking at the past that he's already forgiven at the same time. If we look at the past, we stop making progress. You might be here today. Maybe you've been in a 30-day tailspin. Maybe you've been in a six-month tailspin. Maybe the whole your whole last year has been... The past, the past, the past. You've prayed about it. You've given it to Jesus, but it just keeps snaring you. It keeps grabbing you. It keeps holding you back. You even get in here and you start to hear being thrown upon the praises, highest praises. And even your praising of God seems to be impaired because the moment you lift your hands, instead of seeing Jesus, all you see is everything you did 20 years ago. And it just plays and plays and plays. You know, we're holistic beings, we're emotional, we're physical, we're spiritual, we're mental. Sometimes, have you ever um, smelled a certain type of food and it just brought you back somewhere? You remember? You ever, you ever like, so for me, I'm a big coffee fan. Okay, any coffee fans in the house here? Some, yeah, all of us, right? So I have, yeah, let me give you my two minute coffee story. Okay, so (laughs) what happened was, you know, just ring the bell if I go longer than two minutes, okay. What happened was is we were on a mission ship to Guatemala and we were in Guatemala and um, we, were, we, went, we were doing ministry there. We took a little day trip to a place called Antigua. And we're in Antigua, and um, our missionary, John Musacho, he said, hey, i got to take you to this coffee shop. So we went to this place. It was called Fernando's. It was at the base of the volcano. So if you've got to remember, in Antigua, there's a huge lake, and then you have these volcanoes up along the side of the lake. And so... If you know anything about coffee, coffee grows some of the best coffee is is there's two it's, it's there's two things maybe more than that. But one of the big things it's all about elevation and the quality of the soil, okay? So, Antigua happens to be high elevation and the soil that it grows is volcanic, it's from it's all from the volcanic ash, so it's super super rich soil. And so they so the coffee beans from Antigua were just amazing. So I'm sitting there, I'm drinking this coffee I'm like this is great. I'm trying to figure out you know, this is before Amazon Prime and all this stuff. I'm trying. How am I going to get this back to the states? You know, i You know, it's like I can get a co-op. We can get six people in, and we're going to buy 10 pounds. And I was trying to do this whole thing. The, the, the economics ended up working, not working out. So I got home, and I kind of just surrendered the Antigua dream of coffee. I said, okay, it's not going to. I have to go back there to get that. Then I walk into this glorious, wonderful coffee shop. Um, which remains nameless, but we'll call it, we'll with an S and ends with bucks, okay? So I walk in there and, 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 I, and I walk into this coffee shop and I do a double take because what's on the shelf? Antigua coffee, I'm like. Now up to that point, I just kind of figured, they put stuff on the shelves, but I'm like, ah, it's just a label, you know, whatever. But like, let me give it a shot. So I take that thing, I go home, I open the bag, Poured in the grinder. Mm, I like French press, so I took the hot water, four minutes, cooked it in there, mixed it. Took the foam So I take the sip of coffee, and I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing. I sip that coffee. It was like I was back in Antigua. (laughs) I was in Fernando's coffee shop, sitting there. It was a surreal experience because I tasted a, a, a little bit of coffee. Now, that's a funny story, but unfortunately... That can happen in the negative sometimes. Sometimes we can serve God and you might be here today and this is the word of the Lord to you. Maybe you saw something, you heard something, you went somewhere and it became an open door to your past. Your senses just brought you there. Something simple, you're like, I wasn't even looking for it and the devil snuck in and maybe snared your soul. The word of the Lord to you today is release the past and look to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't look to the past. And when that happens, you know what you do? You apply the blood, you say, Jesus, You've already forgiven the past. I plead the blood of Jesus. And Jesus, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to let those old tapes play in my head. Jesus, be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy, Lord of all. And you begin to worship. You begin to look to him. You begin to turn your eyes upon Jesus and forget the past. If you're here today, you might say, God, it's got to be more than that. Brothers and sisters, you'll find... Christianity is not complicated, though it can be difficult. It's very simple. Release the past and look to Jesus. That's the first thing. The second thing is not only do we need to do we need to look to Jesus, not the past, on another note, we need to look to Jesus and not the future. Not the future. Now you may say, what do you mean? Well, now I'm, I'm the executive pastor here and I my, one of my main roles at the Scout Tabernacle is to oversee the staff to kind of help the administration of the church and kind of really looking out planning. I was joking the other day, I was, I was in a meeting and I was talking about 2018. They said, you mean 2017? I was like, well, yeah, but I'm thinking about 2018 So we're because we're doing strategic planning. What I'm about ready to talk about now is not, I'm not necessarily talking about, it's good to have plans, but by the way, whenever you plan, you need to keep them before the Lord because in one minute, the Lord can say, ah, I don't want those plans. And he'll come in. So we try to play, plan very prayerfully but still recognizing that they belong to the Lord. But Jesus himself said, why do you worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow has enough worry of its own. Why are you anxious about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear? Did I not look at the lilies of the field and the birds of the air? Do I not clothe them? Why do you worry about the future, Jesus said? Worry about today because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. So in this race that we run, not only the past can impair us, sometimes we could be so anxious about the future, we could be so stressed about the future, what's going to happen? I'm not sure. There's this uncertainty that we, instead of going backwards, we just sit down. And we stop moving. Same way we stop moving when we look to the past, we can stop moving when we look to the future because we're just like, I don't know if I can do that. And we can become anxious, brothers and sisters. And Jesus knew, Jesus knew what our life was going to be like in the 21st century. Jesus knew what was going to happen in Turkey this week. Jesus knew what was going to happen in Louisiana and Minnesota and Dallas, Texas. Jesus knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus knows every tragedy, every challenge, every national, political, social, uh, governmental thing that is going to take place. Remember this. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning of the end, meaning he is outside of time. God is not constrained by time. He created time. He could see everything in one thing. And so he's saying, relax, I know what's coming. Don't be anxious about the future. Talked to a neighbor friend of mine recently and she was getting a little she was a little discouraged. She doesn't know the Lord yet, but believing she's gonna to come to know the Lord. And and she she switched jobs and she was getting really stressed. And she said, we talked about she, she made a career change and she said, she said, Well, it's fine for this, but it's sure not good for my four oh one K. And I could hear the way she was saying it, meaning she was thinking about her savings for retirement, and I could tell she was anxious. Because in her, she doesn't know the Lord yet, so she has no hope outside of her own pr- ability to provide for herself. But how many of you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, our hope and anchor is in the Lord. Everything that we have, he's the one who supplies everything anyway. Hallelujah. And so maybe you're here today, and you don't struggle with looking at the past, but you get so anxious about the future. Anxiety is unbiblical. You might say, are you sure? Yes, the Bible says this, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, through everything, present your requests to the Lord, so then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace doesn't just guard us for today. Peace helps us when we're looking even to, the, to tomorrow. And if you look to the future and it gets you anxious, stop doing that. Stop Stop doing that. Is it good to plan? Absolutely. Is it good to live wisely? Yes. The Bible says in Proverbs that if you look down the path and you see a, a place of destruction coming and you don't turn from it, that's foolishness. I'm not talking about that. But if you look to the future and it brings you to a place of anxiety, depression, fear, insecurity, you are outside. You've already, you've already taken off the, 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 your, your shoes for running the race. You've stopped running because you've moved beyond what the Lord wants us to do. So not only, not only do we need to look to Jesus, not to the past, we need to look to Jesus, not the future. Jesus will take care of the future. Another, an area that can grow very, very challenging for, for people is when you think of the future. I know for me as a parent, when I think of my children and the future that is gonna be in front of them. Because I think of how fast the world has changed in my short lifespan. And it seems like it's just changing and there's no morality and all of these, the standards of what is right is being eroded in our culture. And I begin to think, what is my, what's the world that my children are going to grow up in? And you might be here and you might think, what are my children, what are my grandchildren? How are they going to handle the future? Brothers and sisters, can I encourage you here today? The same God who led us to this point, is going to be the same God that will lead our children to where they need to be. Let's put our hands together and praise Him for His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Our children belong to the Lord, and He's never failed us. There's an old song. Sorry, don't play that yet, brother, unless you know it, Jerry. I'm just going to sing it because your might goes, He never failed me yet. He's never failed me yet. Jesus Christ has never failed me yet. This one thing I know And that the world will know Jesus Christ has never failed me yet. Whenever I get to it, no, no, please, don't, 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 no, no, no. We were in a prayer meeting years ago. I remember Pastor Toledo, we were maybe 75, 80 people in the meeting. He was on the microphone. He just started singing that song. I was going through a tough time. And I remember thinking, yes, Jesus, you've never failed us yet, and you never will. Jesus Christ has a perfect track record, 100% on time, 100% faithful. The devil might say, well, there was that one time, and you could say, no, devil. According to what the Bible says, he is faithful and true. And he is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever. The same God that doesn't change. Can we praise God for his steadfastness and that he never changes? Hallelujah. So how do we run with vision? Well, the first thing, once again, running with vision, we need to look to Jesus, not the past. We need to look to Jesus, not the future. And lastly, is we need to look to Jesus and not to self. This can be a very difficult thing. We need to look to Jesus and not to ourself. Now, when I mean self, the Bible says this, it says in the book of Psalms, it says, search my heart, O Lord. Search my heart, God. And there's a there's a very important, it's very important for us to pay attention to what's going on on the inside. And we need to ask the Lord to search our hearts and to look down deep. and And, And in a culture that we live in, everything's so sensual and external. But Christianity, remember, is Jesus on the inside working on the outside. So it's good to look on the inside, but brothers and sisters, sometimes we can look on the inside, but we can look on the inside way too much. Watchman Nee, a great man of God, Chinese pastor, He's wrote, he wrote a book called The Normal Christian Life, one of, the, one of a, a great Christian classic. Uh, I read it when I was a young man, and it helped me, one of the first spiritual books, class, spiritual classics I read, helped me tremendously, The Normal Christian Life. He said it like this, he said, you know, Christians can get into a very dangerous place sometimes, because sometimes we could start looking into our souls to the place that we're looking so deep, we, we fall into a bottomless pit. Because sometimes we can look at ourselves and we can then begin to get incredibly discouraged because as the apostle Paul said this, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, he said, in my, in my flesh, there is no good thing. There is no good thing. And sometimes when we look in the, we can peer into the darkness of our soul. And the longer you serve the Lord, the more light God gives you. You'll see, you start to see that. He begins to shine areas of your, of your life and areas that you used to think were okay. He begins to show you, no, that, that's, that's, that's not so good. Showing your hands, how many of you ever been there before? Yeah, the light of God, the illumination of the word. The Bible says that the word is like a mirror and it's good. We're, when we see it, we're supposed to act, but we can peer into our souls sometimes and fall down into a pit. Depression is a very real thing. I understand that people battle with depression. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest men of God to live, battled with various forms of, not, not sorry, let me back that up. Not one of the greatest men of God ever. He was one of the greatest preachers, one of the great, well, the prince of preachers, Metropolitan Tabernacle. The A.T. Pearson that you saw in the prayer meeting announcement uh, took over for Charles Spurgeon. So Charles Spurgeon was a great man of God, one of the greatest preachers ever to live, and, and, and a great man of God. But even he battled many times bouts of depression. And not all the time, okay, but sometimes Christians who battle with depression are battling depression because they're starting to see who they really are. They're starting to peer into the soul. They're starting to start to see, man, I'm not this. I'm not any good here. I've got a problem here. I've got these horrible impulses. Look at all the thoughts that I think. Man, and you start going down and it's like going, in, going deep and deep and deep and following this rabbit hole down into the dark, dark depths of your, of your nature. Brothers and sisters, we have to be very mindful that looking to self, if it doesn't lead to fruitfulness, we need to stop doing it. Because if it doesn't lead you to hope and peace and repentance, it's not good. If it leads you to depression, discouragement, disillusionment, insecurity, one of the reasons why Christians and people can struggle deeply with insecurities, it's very, it's, it happens to a lot, it's, it, it happens, is because we look at ourselves way too much. It's like everywhere you look, there's a mirror. So you may not be looking to the past, you may not be looking to the future, but you're looking at yourself, and you look at yourself a lot. And you might do it under the under the, the banner of introspection and wanting to be right before God, but being right before God does not mean beating yourself up because, because of who you are. Sometimes we could peer so deeply to these places that we're just it can become paralyzing. I've met people that they are paralyzed in their walk. They haven't taken a step in God in years because they said, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to do that. I'm not worthy to even go here. God doesn't want me. And they get into this self-pity, this self, this cloud, this, you know, it's, you guys remember Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh? You know, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Oh, I kind of equate it to Linus and Charlie Brown. You're carrying the thing. And your soul, our souls can get like that. You know why? It's because we spent too much time looking at ourselves and not enough time looking at Jesus. We need to turn our eyes, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. I think that's one of the biggest impairments to people being freed in worship is self. It's because when we come into the presence of the Lord, whether you're here at church, or you're at home reading your Bible, you're at home worshiping, and you sit down, and all of a sudden you just get bombarded with all of your issues. Showing you, I know I've been there, how many of you have ever been there? You're, in the, you're trying to get with God, and all you can think about is yourself. All you can think about is your problems. But there comes a point where that actually can impair our breakthrough. There is, we've been created to look to Jesus. We're created in the image of God. The Bible says that we have been created in God's image. Not in our own image. Actually, that's idolatry. Mankind likes to put themselves up there, but we've been created in the image of God, and because of that, we're created to look to Jesus and not to self. And if you're here today and that's one of your challenges, you just and you recognize even right now as we're speaking that you would say, man, I look at myself way too much. The key is very simple. Whenever you start to feel that impulse to look at your insecurities, your shortcomings, your failings, how you don't measure up, don't do that. Just from that place begin to say, Highest praises, Lord of all. And you might say, how can I sing that when I don't feel that? It doesn't matter. You do it in faith because the word of God is what's true. Amen? And so you're stuck in yourself. And you might you might say, I can't get out of this. I can't. Well, you start to say, highest praises, Lord of all. You start to... Imagine you're looking at Jesus and then you keep singing, highest praises Lord of all. You might be at your kitchen table doing the bills. You might be, you might be uh, uh, in, at work and, 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 you start, and you failed and you just got corrected and you, maybe you're getting threatened to get fired and you don't know what to do and you start looking, you start beating yourself up, you start saying, I'm not going to be able to do this, I'm no good, I'm not qualified. Stop self and you start singing, highest praises, Lord of all. Maybe you failed your child. Maybe you weren't the kind of parent you wished. Maybe as a father, as a mother, you start to condemn yourself. You say, I wasn't there. I didn't do what I needed to do. No, don't look at self. Start to look to Jesus and you sing, highest praises, Lord of all. The Lord today wants us to run with vision. He doesn't want us to look to the past. He wants us to look to him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, not the past. Fix your eyes on Jesus, not the future. If you look to the future and it disturbs you, you're not doing, you're out of of place. You stopped running right. You look to the future and it brings you to insecurity and fear. Don't do that. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus you look to the self and you start being pushed into dark places of your soul, you just give it to the Lord. You say, Jesus, I give that to you and I'm just going to turn my eyes and fix them upon Jesus. I'm going to fix them upon Jesus. Everyone just close your eyes today. bless you, Lord. We look to you, God. We look to you, Lord. We turn our hearts, we turn our minds, we turn our affection to you, God. You're wonderful, you're wonderful, God. You're so wonderful. You're wonderful, Lord. We don't look to our worries. We don't look to our fears. We don't look anywhere else, but we lift our eyes to you, Jesus. We lift our eyes to you, Jesus. We don't look to the left or to the right. We look to you, Lord Jesus. We look to you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you take the hand of the person next to you here in the altar and let's join hands in the congregation, join hands across the aisles. Here's how we want to pray. We want to pray one for another and we want to pray, God, give us fresh vision to see you, Jesus. And pray as the Lord would lead you maybe to the left and to the right, say, God, help us to not look at the past. Help us not to look at the future help us not even to look at self. God, give us a new grace and a new strength to look to you. Begin to open your mouth and pray for your neighbor. You have no idea the challenges that they're going through, but pray for them. Pray, God, clear up the vision. Clear up their vision to be able to see you in faith, see you in their heart, to turn their hearts to you, to not turn their heart to the past, to not turn their heart to the future, to not turn to their own self and to peer down, but to New vision to see Christ. New vision to see Jesus. New vision to see the Lord tonight, today. Thank you, God. Fresh vision to see you. Fresh vision to see you, Jesus. Thank you, God.
0: We thank you, oh God, that you're here with us right now. And God, we just pray, oh God, Lord, that you would release, oh God, the demons of the past in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, Lord, that we would not look back, oh God. Lord, that we would not look back to, oh Lord, the things in the past that no longer have bearing on what you're doing today, oh God. We pray, oh, Lord, that we would not look to our failures in the past, that we would not look to the sin of the past, that we would not even look to the success of the past, but, Lord, that we would keep our eyes focused on you, Jesus. I pray, oh, God, Lord, Lord, for those who are in bondage right now because of the past, Lord, for those who are are stuck in cycles that they don't see any way out of, I pray in the name of Jesus, break the cycle of the past in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, for fresh insight on how to fix their eyes on you, oh God. We pray, oh God, for a fresh revelation of your goodness, a fresh revelation of your love, a fresh revelation of your desire to do a work in our life. God, I pray. Lord for those of us oh God Lord who have been looking to the future oh God Lord we've been trying to figure everything out and and we've been trying to do it in our own strength oh God some of us have been relying on ourselves we've been trying to do things in our own effort we pray in the name of Jesus that we would totally be relying on you we pray for a desperation oh God may we be like little babies oh God Lord that they need everything from you oh God Lord, I pray, oh, Lord, that we would not rely on anything except for your current presence in our lives today, a fresh vision of you, oh, God. Lord, the grace that you provide for today. You said that your mercies are new every morning, oh, God. And, Lord, we receive fresh, oh, God, grace, fresh leading for today. God, we believe that you have things that you want to accomplish, oh God, in every life here. And Lord, those things are not accomplished in the effort of the flesh. Those things are not accomplished because of our pedigree or because of what our background looks like or because of what we've done. Lord, you want to do it through us. And the only way that it happens is when we look at you, when we have a fresh vision of who you are, oh God. So, Lord, I pray that we would fix our hearts on you. Oh, God, I pray for a fresh desperation to see you anew, oh, God. Do a work in our hearts, oh, God, Lord, where we no longer care about the past. We don't care what's coming in the future. We just want to see you for who you are, oh, God. Oh, God, give us a fresh revelation of your glory. Lord, when we see you for who you are, you change us. So change us, oh God, as we look at you, oh God. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him.